it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,966. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Belton, Texas, with a very special guest by the name of Rick Seeger. Rick, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Pop it, man. I'm ready. All right. uh, Let's go. Oh, burn a little rubber. Mark, it's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, thanks. This will be fun. I'm really excited about what we're going to talk about today with this technology you're working on because it is the future and it's so cool. But before we begin, what's one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you, Rick? Well, almost nobody knows, but uh, first off, I do love the outdoors as remote as possible. And and over the years, I've been bitten by a shark. I've been bitten by and attacked by a pack of coyotes, been charged by a bear. And I had (laughs) almost a one hour standoff with a pack of wolves that wouldn't leave me alone. Oh, my gosh. uh, I don't think I want to travel with you. It's pretty safe in airports. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. These days, things have gotten a little crazy. But well, that's true. I, I'm yeah. not sure. I, I prefer the outdoors for sure. And and, uh, and certainly, I, I love cars. So yeah. I, uh, this has been accumulated over the years. But uh, lots of fun stories in the woods. Oh, that sounds like it. Well, you know, I was just talking to my son this morning. He said Netflix has a new special out. It's a series of things. But one of them is about what the world was really like back when Jaws, the movie came out in the 70s. And it's a little documentary about what people were really thinking at the time and so forth. I haven't watched it yet, but I was telling my son, Blake, I said, you know, when Jaws came out, I was growing up in La Jolla, California on the ocean. And we went and watched Jaws at the Cove Theater, which is no longer there in La Jolla. And then at 11 o'clock, we all went, all my buddies and I went down to the Cove, which is a swimming area on the ocean. And we went swimming at like 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) Oh, and the dark water in the dark water yeah oh there's nothing scarier than the ocean in dark water and wondering what's underneath you yeah and we were all you know a bunch of high school kids joking and stuff and we we were yelling shark shark well apparently somebody heard it called the police the police come rolling up with their lights on running down on the beach going who's getting attacked by the sharks seriously yeah well that's a great story yeah we're like sorry sir we're just having some fun he goes well you're freaking people out shut up i'll never forget that (laughs) shut up yes yes sir Absolutely, sir. So, yeah, that's the only shark story. I grew up surfing. I saw sharks, but I never, thank goodness, got attacked by one. It's rare. It's it's really rare. But, but yeah, it can be pretty serious. Oh, so, yeah. I've got all my feet. I, I didn't lose anything. So oh, good. I, I yeah. All your toes good. and fingers. Well, good. I'm happy to hear that. Well, let's talk about things that are a little safer here. Rick Seeger is the chairman and CEO of Sigma Sense, a global leader in touch sensing performance and the future of automotive screens and displays. His company is revolutionizing sensing through a foundational technology breakthrough, which delivers better, cleaner data 
from the analog world. Initially focused on touch applications, the company is bringing new user experiences to familiar touchscreen products ranging from mobile phones and laptops to digital signage and automotive dashboards. Rick is a veteran of the semiconductor industry, having worked at Intel, Motorola, and Intrig. He has been integral in defining some of the best touch solution pens, applications, and sensing devices on the market today. And he was named by Laptop Magazine as one of the 25 most influential people in mobile technology for his work in this area. We'll be right back, but first a word from our sponsor. So give them a little love. They're why we're here today. And we'll be right back at a look at the future. Sit tight. Covercraft has the most complete line of custom seat covers available. Choose between the polycotton seat savers Endura Precision Fit Custom Seat Covers, Leatherette Precision Fit Custom Seat Covers, and their durable Carhartt Seat Covers. They're all easy to install and remove, and guess what? They're machine washable too. Easy cleanup to make them look brand new. No more worries about the kids spilling on your seats or your pets damaging your expensive upholstery or leather. Covercraft's quality seat covers protect from damaging pet claws, pet fur, hair, mud, moisture, food, drink spills, drool from permanently damaging your vehicle's fine surfaces. Headrest and armrest covers and color options are also available on many of the styles. And I've got a great offer for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping with the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Visit Covercraft.com today. Last year, I changed my collector car coverage to American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my Orange Crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. So, Rick, let's dive a little deeper into the corner here and talk about this technology. But before we do, I'd love for you to give me a little background on where you came from and how you've moved through your career into what you're doing today, because this stuff is so cool. I love technology. I love what's going on. And you're playing in a world that is our future. You know, you have to get a perspective to do to build really great futuristic things you got to know not just where you've where the industry's been where things have have taken off in the past but be able to see a pattern and to be able to see the future coming pretty clearly and i started my my life at intel we made our our debut helping program some of the very first 
laptop and por- even the very first compact portable prototypes, even before the industry moved to call them luggable computers, mm-hmm. I was involved early days in, in those industries. Moving from there to some of the, the printer stories of the industry, you know, how the indus- printer industry has evolved and how it's taken off. We built some of the very first super chips that helped drive down the cost of printers. Nobody thinks that's exciting anymore, obviously, <laughs> but at the time it was massive productivity improvements f- throughout the world. And of course, now we're, we're moving away from printers as quickly as we can. And you watch the evolution and, and the next steps. And, and the next thing that we did was we helped start a company or I helped start a company that built the first Linux-based phones. Oh, wow. Making, we made the first phone calls from Linux phones with the ability to interrupt and play Dune and some other games and <laughs> yeah. jump back into your phone call again in yeah. the very early stages of, of the industry. Now, our code ended up in the Linux open source community. It got evolved and, you know, pieces of this in, in many respects, this is the backbone that's become Android that got picked up and borrowed by a number of other uh, phones in the in the industry today. So I'm very proud of, of all of the different contributions at different levels, but I'm most excited about this next wave of technology that we're seeing emerge and and the changes that we can impart in the world with uh, sensing. You're working on trends in in use of multiple displays, uh, modern curve layouts, touchscreens, all these things that were a bit well, futuristic in movies not too long ago. And now we're doing this stuff on laptops and iPads and uh, screens and all this, but you're taking it to a whole nother level and involving it in the automotive sector. That's right. And we've come to depend on our screens everywhere. They're they're just tremendous enhancements to our lives, both from bringing us joy, but also from a productivity standpoint. And our car is this, to some degree, this tablet that's glued to the dashboard is not going to be the experience or the image or the the feeling when you get into a cockpit that's got curved screens and it's got full-length dashboards that are all filled with uh, color, with interaction, with a, a number of different features. The ability to sense, and it's more than screens, so, so let me uh, clarify a little bit. What Sigma Sense has invented. And I give credit to Troy Gray and Sean Gray, the the two brothers that that actually fought over it and argued over it and really uh, refined this technology. And the Gray brothers came up with this idea that we could sense in an entirely new way. So we are a foundational technology, truly deep technology that'll be embedded in all of these different devices that uses an entirely new approach to how we sense the analog world and convert that into digital. The ability to see, instead of just seeing an X and a Y point when you touch a touchscreen, we'll be able to, we are able to see a hand above a screen. We can identify that that hand belongs to a passenger, not a driver, and we can do it far more reliably than a camera can do. So the precision and the detail and the signal-to-noise ratios that we're able to generate with these devices now in the cockpit is going to be tremendously exciting. And so I, I have to point out, we are not talking about just a new way to do a touchscreen. 
we are a new way to do sensing. And mm. this new way to do sensing is going to give us phenomenal abilities to help anticipate what people want. The ability to play games in a vehicle, the ability to do better driver, passenger experiences that are unique to each and yet thrilling when you experience them. So we're sensing everything from air movement to temperature to the ability to uh, detect touch on surfaces, whether it's an object like a can of, of soda set on, the, on a uh, flat surface in the car or in the drink holder, or whether it's your hands on the steering wheel and all of the sensing that can be done through your hands into the body and all of the sensing that could be done from your windows or sensing from your sunroof and sensing from the seats or the the, uh, the pedals, the shifts, the, everything that you would touch, and all of the meaning that can be derived from those surfaces, essentially building out touch capabilities and sensing capabilities on all surfaces throughout the vehicle and doing it at such high speeds that now you could envision gameplay and different things in the back seat or the ability to do very fast uh, work in the in the car you know one of the things that i wanted you to expand on a little bit too is the technology applications you're working on as they relate specifically to electric vehicles since these vehicles are coming on strong and and where they apply not only to the driver experience but to improving electric vehicle battery management and the motor drives in the car this is another fascinating aspect because most of us think of what you're talking about as just what we see, but you've expanded it much deeper into what it's doing while you're in the vehicle. So sensing is all about detecting essentially the movement of electrons in the analog world, converting it into digital. So we have an opportunity now with superior sensing techniques, with a new approach to sensing, uh, one that allows us to sense from a distance even. There are certain areas that are very difficult to put analog semiconductor chips directly in a brake shoe or directly in a battery or you know putting chips in harm's way is not always easy so what we found is a way to sense from a distance and this can give us the ability to do far superior sensing through all of the noise that may be generated as you increase a load on an electric motor or as you increase the draw on a battery or as you want to regain energy off of the braking system into the battery. All of these events create tremendous electromechanical noise in the system that is picked up and a lot of movement of electrons and what we have found is a unique way to remove the noise we don't want and to pick up the noise and the signals that we actually know carry important information about the charging of a battery or how a system needs to be recharged or how many times it's been recharged but to what level and did we overcharge it at some point. And even to reach into individual cells, into batteries. So these are the promise of a sensing technology that rewrites our traditional voltage mode, threshold-based, analog-to-digital conversion and moving it to a current mode sensing system. And that is going to 
give us a huge advantage in battery-based technologies, in recouping of energy, in the recycling of batteries long-term, and the ability to, to get longer life and reuse of the batteries for a much longer period of time. So there's there's an opportunity to greatly improve where we are today, which is is fairly archaic when you look at the level of technology that we can sense and yet hasn't been applied yet to these markets. Wow. We will be the first to be able to apply these technologies and to get them out, whether it's in the touch, sensing the movement of electrons as you touch a touch screen, or the movement of an, of an electromagnetic field in a battery, or the uh, movement of E-fields uh, due to the proximity of the human body as it gets close to a vehicle. So looking into the future, which you're a very futuristic company, how far out before this is all normal for most of us when we get into new vehicles. Well, our first, as a company, our first goal is to get into touchscreens, just traditional touchscreens, as you would expect. But we are applying the technology and doing research on what's the optimum way to deploy into a number of other markets, including biosensing and a variety of, of I, I guess I would say, biosensing, battery sensing. Would some of this work in the medical industry? Absolutely. Any kind of sensing is a good application for moving to current mode, taking data directly from a change in current to digital. Wow. So this is, uh, this is a, a little different than how we've done it in the past, where you get a voltage signal and you amplify it and then course you're always introducing noise into the environment or into the equation and you end up with uh, a compromise signal to noise ratio in our case we're able to get very pure signals uh, through the measurement of current without the need to amplify a voltage signal and introduce additional noise into the system. We end up with lower thermal noise. We end up operating at ultra-low voltages and ultra-low power, and we end up with far better sensing data, better sensitivity, better information, better data to make decisions off of, and faster data as well. So it's a pretty exciting model when you think about all the places that sensing data is going to be important. So is this scalable to non-touch and visual sensing as well? And by that, I mean, we had my wife has an older BMW X5 and they gave her a new one while they were servicing her car, no doubt to entice her to buy a new car because we keep yep. our cars a long yep. time. And one of, one, of the, yeah, one of the things it had was you could just wave your hand in front of the radio to increase the volume or decrease the volume. And, you know, I was playing with that going, what the heck? This is Yeah, crazy. isn't that cool? This is crazy. Yeah. It, it's, it's really, and, you know, we're at the, like I said, we're at the very early stages of some of this technology. But, again, being able to use gestures, I don't want to have to look off the road in order to, adjust something I know is simple to adjust. Right. And so the ability to sense a touch is one thing, but the ability to sense 3D above the screen or to know that it's the passenger that's waving his hand above the screen versus the driver might mean something completely different. So yes, yeah. we don't necessarily need to make contact anymore, but we could actually just wave our hands for specific gestures. And and I know a lot of people would like to use audio, 
this is a great area where I think that uh, we're making very good progress and we're going to see a lot of audio enhancements in the vehicles as well. Mm -hmm. But the ability to listen to music, have your radio up high and still be able to recognize a quick, simple gesture to wave off a phone call or to wave off the the volume or, or whatever it may be, or to swipe your hand down and down go the windows. Yes. <laughs> or, you know, there's a number of different uh, very cool functions that could be built out uh, using this sensing technology going forward. Ah, spectacular. It's so much fun to see what's coming. I like to ask my guests about driving inspirations, people that have been influential in their lives, because most successful people have these people in their lives. Is there somebody like that in your world? You know, I've got a, I'll call him a mentor, uh, dear friend, and I used to have some really cool fast cars and I still, I still enjoy fast cars. So don't get me wrong, <laughs> but, uh, father James Ekiocha is from Nigeria. Uh, he's a priest here in the, in Texas and, and he's such a wonderful, beautiful man. And you, I tell you what, your worst day, think of how bad your worst days are and you can have some pretty bad days at work. You can have some pretty tough things happening. But when you hear stories coming out of Nigeria and the lives that some of the some of the folks there have been living, and these are real stories. This is, uh, you know, real life. And you start to see how, what a joyful man he is. And you start to see what a uh, bad mood I'm in. And <laughs> yeah, what over a some, over wimp. Spilled what coffee. an absolute yeah. wimp I am. Yeah, but the lousy coffee that was made for you at Starbucks <laughs> that day. How many things do we complain about and get upset about? It's crazy. And, and yeah. Just, I, I tell you what, I, I can't say that he's uh, steered me towards a certain car or anything else like that, but I do appreciate the simple things, and I, I nothing nothing brings me down. You get in behind a, the wheel of a good, fast car, yeah. and I tell you what, it's you, nothing can bring you down, especially when you realize and you put in perspective what guys like Father James have seen and gone through over their life. It's a, it's really a check. We are truly blessed here in this country, and in many countries are uh, compared to many parts of the world. Well, he sounds like a wonderful person to have in your life, and uh, yeah, we all need people sometimes to set a reality check to us to uh, what our minuscule issues are from the day to day <laughs> compared to what many people in the world have to deal with. Uh, it's good to get that. Uh, paradigm shift from time to time to realize how fortunate we we really are. Let's take a short break. We come back. I want to talk about a big challenge in your world. You challenges with what you're doing. So keep the thought in mind and we'll be right back. Sure. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. 
Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. And Cars Yeah! is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique in very personal way, well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyad.com or through the website at carsyad.com today to learn more. So let's talk about this, Rick. Some kind of big obstacle, challenge, failure that set you back. But the more important part of this story should be the lesson it taught you so you can move forward in a very positive way. So I mentioned that uh, we had built a... Linux phone, and uh, we were actually in a contest. Uh, the way the industry works, right? You nobody gets sole sourced in anything. You you pick up a few different partners, and then you have a race to see who can build what's what's the best. Mm-hmm. Well, we actually won the race. We built the best smartphone the world had ever seen. We we're making phone calls flawlessly. Everything looked really good for the company. Everything looked like it was going to take off. And we learned something about working in the Linux world over time. And it's very hard to build a business around Linux. And so it's a learning process, right? Our, our failures teach us something. Our, our failures teach us where the uh, where the gaps in our knowledge are. It fills out, the, we fill out the gaps by failing. And so we talk about it like it was a failure that the company never made a lot of money and all, but I'll tell you, we're very proud. The whole team is very proud of what we created. It was beautiful. It was excellent. It was one of those, you know, we, we combined true science, perfect math and amazing software. And you pull all that together and we built something pretty amazing. Well, it didn't go anywhere. We didn't make a lot of money. It uh, ultimately got dropped in the open source community, of course, and then it ends up ballooning into all kinds of other things. So we played a small role in driving the world to where it is today. And we can all argue whether cell phones are a great things and whether we ought to be, you know, this whole smartphone digital transformation that we're going through is healthy. But in my opinion, it solves tremendous problems, and even the problems that are left and the ones that are created are minor, and we will solve those as well. And so I, I look at this technology as being one of the key stepping stones for the world. And so I'm very proud of it, although it was an absolute failure. And it's a building block and a stepping stone to what is really required in a phone, what's really required in a user experience, what's really required in an operating system, and what are all the things that are most important. And in the end, we can talk about AI at the edge, right? All these edge devices. We can talk about all kinds of new processing technologies out at the edge and improving all the lives of people. And and whether it's the, the edge is whether it's your 
car or whether it's your phone or whether it's a oil pump somewhere in the West Texas. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Okay, out there at the edge, we're building things and understanding things that solve the next generation of problems. And that's exactly what happened here. We have a knowledge base and an information and the pieces to say, all that's good, all that processing, all that capability is great, but it's not useful if it's working on bad data or the mm. wrong data. And where does the data come from? We've seen the studies show, regardless of who you talk to, 55 to 70%, maybe even 75% now, of all the data on the cloud is coming out of the analog world. It's coming out of sensing data. This is the data that ultimately is either garbage or it's valuable. Mm. And we're getting more and more garbage, so the ability to sense for the specific information that we want is what's going to decide the benefits, whether we get into a cockpit of a car and it really understands me and it really knows what I want to do. All of the pieces and all the building blocks have been coming together to this point. And so it's pretty exciting to, to tie back some of the early work that we did in, in giving out code to the open source community and how it's come full circle back around and how it's uh, uh, being built into something even more beautiful is, is pretty exciting to me. Well, thanks for what you and your team did. Long as you don't make my car sense I'm in a bad mood, it won't allow me to start it before I go for a drive. But <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it, you know, it's... It, what I don't want is it telling me, okay, you've already eaten two cupcakes. Oh, what are yeah. you doing? No yeah. more cookies. Oh, and that uh, that hamburger you just <laughs> yeah. ordered? No, yeah. no, you're not. I'm sorry, we're not transferring that money. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, Rick. We're sensing the pressure on the seat has grown a bit over the last couple of weeks. We need to throttle back on our food intake. That's exactly where we're headed. It's it's one of those. Uh, I'll call it a uh, casualty of of. Moving to uh, better sensing data. Yeah. Hal, <laughs> open my lunch bag top. I can't do that, Rick. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but you know, the joy of better data at the edge, and this is, I tell people all the time, getting control of the data by the individual, okay? All that processing happening in the, happening in the cloud, everybody wants your data. They want your data. Yeah. They want your data, right? But when the processing is happening at the edge, as a person, I can control what I touch, what information I transfer mm -hmm. uh, by that touch. And now pulling that information back and saying, okay, I'm going to be in control. I've got a lot of data and I'm going to be in control of it. And I think that giving control out to the edge is one of the things that goes with the benefits of all of this computational power out at the edge. Very cool. Let's talk about a special vehicle in your life because I know you're a car guy. Is there a vehicle that stands out for you and maybe share a story about that ride? Oh, man. I've got a – I've had uh, – I still have access to, fortunately, a uh, 67 Camaro Indianapolis pace car, one of the Ooh. original they, – they built less than 100 of these. This, this was the car that started the pace car craze. Okay, up to this point – 
they would build a handful of pace cars to start the race. Mm -hmm. And and if you recall, there'd be, there'd be a couple of cars and they'd give them away, uh, one to the winner of the race. Obviously, uh, the queen of England would get one, (laughs) you know, they'd give them out, (laughs) they'd give them out to dignitaries, but they would only make about a hundred of less than a hundred of these. And, and so I was scouring, the papers, okay, looking for a, a car. I wanted a 67, 68, 69, and I found a, a guy in California. The only one I could find was in California, and it was uh, nothing special. It needed quite a bit of work, but it was it was mostly work that I thought I could do. So I thought, okay, I'll go ahead and get that one. And he called me. He said, you know, I think this is a special car, and I said, what do you mean? He says, I don't know. I've written to GM multiple times and they never write back. So last time I actually sent him a check, I said, please just take some little time here. I'm paying for your time. Just give me a little time and tell me what it is about this car that's special. And they sent the check back (laughs) (laughs) with no answer. And so anyway, nice guy and, and all. And I said, well, you know, I want the car. I don't know anything about it. I'll see what I can find out about the car and I'll try and research it. You know, and this is just in the early days of the internet getting started. So I got the car, I got the VINs off of it and started tracking it down. And sure enough, it was one of the original uh, pace cars from the Indianapolis 500. Uh, It had had been repainted. It was still white, but it uh, had they had painted over the blue bumblebee stripe across the front, and oh, so it was it was a true treasure, mm-hmm. true treasure. And it's one of those stories you hear about. You pick up a a car and and you have no idea what it is, and then suddenly you find out it's it's really worth a lot of money, and it's a really beautiful treasure. And and so it, it's it's exactly that. It's a yeah. Big 396, big block. Oh, it was just fun. Yeah, those things had like 375 horsepower. They were, uh, yeah. Oh, it would just, I mean, it would just break loose all the time. Of course. And uh, Very it was cool. fun. I love Very it. Fun. So I'm going to be your automotive psychologist here, Rick. Crawl into your skull a little bit. If you were manifest as a vehicle, what would you be, but more importantly, why? Well, here's what, uh, this is, this will sound corny. <laughs> Okay, and and maybe a little self-serving, but I I get to see what's on the horizon, and so I got to tell you, the car it, it's got to be self-driving. Okay, and so it's self-driving, but in the center is a tabletop, and you've got this table between all of the the seats, and you can pivot the seats around, and you know time in the car with family is one of the greatest things in the world. I've found over the years, there's nothing like a long trip to bring my wife and I together, uh, to get the kids on a long camping trip. There's nothing like that. You're, you're locked in a car. You can't go anywhere. You're going to solve your problems and you're going to kill each other one or the other. (laughs) Okay. It's going to, you're going to get there. And you know what? Now you're going to have a game table sitting between you. You could play hockey. You can play all kinds of maybe Dungeons and Dragons. Maybe you're playing some kind of uh, card games. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're playing all kinds of different uh, uh, shoot 'em ups and and 
in real contests, you know, four people sitting around a table having fun and, and enjoying each other's company and talking and playing. I, this is something that technology has taken us back to our individual rooms and to our individual cubes, and, and we're away from everybody, and we're away from people. And, and so I want to be that car that pulls people back together again, where you're sitting around and you're actually playing games. And maybe you're even doing homework around it, and you're working on, on, on it, and, and maybe Maybe you're doing reading or watching somebody else play a game that's very fast and you're taking turns, but it's that ability to game play and to entertain and to spend time together. I, that's what I'm after. Nice. I, I really believe that that's a, a really cool car. And that's the that's the vision that, that I'm drawn to when I see where the future of the car is going. Very nicely said and very unique answer to that question as well. Is there a great book that you'd like to share with the listeners today? I've got a uh, a book, not to, to stick with the uh, uh, the priest thing, but it actually is one of the books I found most valuable in my life, and, and that is by Father Robert Spitzer, Finding True Happiness and uh, the Four Levels of Happiness. And there's a lot to be said for pleasure, and there's a lot to be said for honors and, and putting off pleasures to collect later in some sort of a degree or some sort of a project or something that you build and and then moving up the, the levels of happiness. And so it's a beautiful read. I'd highly recommend it. Sounds great. I love it. I'm going to take you on the ultimate drive today. That means you get to pick any car, you get to pick any person to be with, living or deceased, and you get to be going anywhere. What does the ultimate drive look like? I think it might be a futuristic drive. Look like for you. <laughs> well, my drive, it's not going to matter how long it is, so it's a long one. Uh, let's let's say we, we take the drive to Alaska. I would love to be in a vehicle with Troy Gray and Elon Musk at the same time. Wow. Uh, Troy Gray was the inventor of our technology and one of the inventors of the technology. And Elon Musk, uh, the two of them, said. <laughs> watching that conversation between them yeah. would be a really interesting dialogue. That's, wow. That would be my ideal drive. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to with, be able, with like, the game table between us. Yeah, yeah, so. I'd like to be on that drive as well. Jeez, wow, the <laughs> things you could learn. You know, you've taken us on a wonderful futuristic drive. I think I could talk to you forever, and maybe we have you come back uh, a little later sometime and talk about how things have progressed and give us a vision into where we're going. But before I let you go today, could you share a success quote, a mantra, or some kind of inspirational words with our listeners? I've latched on to to something in the last few years. The greatest changes to the world happen at the edge. They happen at the edge of every technology. It doesn't matter whether you are an accountant, whether you are a engineer, whether you are a teacher. At the edge of your science, at the edge of your specialty, that's where the great breakthroughs happen. And if you can be the best in the world at your job by finding that edge and finding that change, finding where the current rules break down and the new rules begin and the new opportunities begin, that is the most exciting place to live life. Mm, I love it. How can people learn more about Sigma Sense? We can go to SigmaSense.com. I encourage you to watch some of the videos, the ability to see, touch, 
with gloves. It doesn't matter. You know, we sent, we can see touch in the air. We can see touch uh, through gloves. We can see it through water. We can see in the rain. We can see all the things that kill touchscreens today. Uh, you'll see us our touchscreens working in all those scenarios now. And this is just the beginning. So we'll take that sensing technology and your your imagination can carry you to where you think sensing is going to go in the future. The future looks very cool with Sigma Sense. I want to do a shout out to Katie Wallenberg at MZ Group Public Relations for introducing me to Rick. Katie, thank you very much. This has been a wonderful conversation that will continue in the future, no doubt. Rick, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and sharing an amazing technology you guys are working on. Oh my gosh, I'm excited for what the future has to hold. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. This has been fun. How did you discover your path to a fulfilling life? Too many young people flounder in finding an education and a career that fits. But for those who have a passion for cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and who love working with their hands, problem solving, and fixing things, a career as a professional auto technician is incredibly rewarding. Cars yeah is pleased to team up with TechForce Foundation, our charity of choice in bringing scholarships, technical education, and hands-on experience to young people so they can discover a possible future. Join me and lend your support by visiting techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.